Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Week two of the anointing. You get anointed after the crushing. Let's jump right in. Let's review over last week. I'm not going to review. You all are going to review. So what's, what's some things we learned last week? <clears throat> Don't everybody give me an answer. There's order in the pop There's order. Say that loud. There's order in the pop Order in the fivefold. Yep. Anointing is not emotion. Nope. What the anointing is? The power of the word working within you. Power of the word working within you. Okay, fruits of the spirit. Capable of greater things. Capable of greater things. Shout that from the rooftops. Amen. Amen. If you didn't get anything from last week, that's the one thing you should have got. You're capable to do greater. Somebody shout greater. 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 Anything else? The gift is not enough. We could, we could have a praise break right there. You live by the gift all by itself. You will crash and burn before you even get started. You can give me an amen. Any, anybody else? Don't be jealous of another gift. Don't be jealous of another gift. You're going to make me preach right in the Anybody else? The anointing is not emotionalism. It's not popular. It's not common. It's not jumping, shouting, and running. That's a byproduct. It's a byproduct. Somebody shall amen. 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 Anything else? Each one of us can tap into a different gift. Each one of us can tap into a different gift. Yep. Just because your number one was the prophetic doesn't mean you're bound and restricted to that. <laughs> Vice versa. Yep. It's and the, the, a spectrum person, so you can ask for that one too. Absolutely. So the enemy will try to lie to you now that he knows what. Now that he knows that you know what your fivefold ministry gift is, the number one. So if yours is pastoral and you've discovered that, he's going to come at you and try to restrict you to that. What do you mean? I mean that you're going to get a prophetic word and the enemy's going to say, Remember, your fivefold ministry gift was pastoral. You can't operate in that. That's how the enemy's going to work. So be ready for that. It's going to happen. Trust me. Uh, anything else before we move on? Jesus didn't minister as the Son of God. He ministered as an anointed man. There we go. Anything else? If you function in your office, the anointing will be there. If you function in your office, the anointing will meet you there. The anointing is not limited to adults. The anointing is not just limited to adults. Thank God for that. Anything else before we move on? I'm just making sure you all are listening, and I'm not just up here preaching or speaking to a wall. I like it. So before we uh, jump into this, uh, I'm going to have uh, my brother open this up in prayer, and he's not been put on the spot. He's a way this, so no, I was put on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so we can all just bow our heads. Can I sit right here? Yep. All right, Father, we thank you for tonight. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. We thank you for the blood. We just thank you, thank you, thank you for the blood, Father. We thank you for who you are and what you've done, Father, in the first week, Father. We thank you that um, we just cease all distractions right now, Father. We rebuke confusion because that's of the devil right now, Father. I thank you that you're using Isaac as an open, willing vessel for your anointing to flow through him and onto us, Father. And God, I thank you that when he plants the seed in us of a gift or something in us, Father, that we can't just sit on that, Father. We have to exercise. We have to lift weights. We have to work that for that to grow and flourish, Father. And God, we thank you that 
Um, we just we just bind every attack, every scheme, accusation from the devil right now in Jesus' mighty name. Yes. And Father, we thank you that we give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So uh, I, I need you to understand this isn't even part of my notes, but I just heard the Lord say this. We're, we're formed with the cloud, all right? Uh, that you have to understand that as the Bible says, that you are to leave an inheritance for your children's children's children. Everybody knows that passage. And as soon as we hear this passage, we think of this. What good does it do if I leave my grandchildren, great, 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 great grandchildren money, but they don't know Jesus? <laughs> so we have got to get in our mind and change our the way that we read this scripture. You're to leave an inheritance. Inheritance. That's more than finances. What good does it do me if when I get face to face on judgment day with God, and, and I get to tell him, man, I did so well. My great grandkids, man, they already got their college paid for. They've already got a car. And he says, but they're not living for the Lord. You're to leave an inheritance for your children's children's children. Let's get money out of the way. Let's get materialistic things. What matters is do they know the presence of Jesus? When the king of glory walks into a room, do, they, do their spiritual senses go off? He's here. Yeah. Because I promise you, there's been moments when the King of Glory has walked in a room, and I've been in there, and I can tell when he's in there, and everybody else is talking, they've got their hands in their pockets, and how, how grieved does he feel? That yeah. he chose to, to interrupt the service, and he yeah. chose to be in a room, but his people that are saved didn't even know he was there. Uh, yeah. That's good. That's good. Isaac, Isaac just, just to go on that real quick, an experience. church camp uh, about five years ago, something like that. This first time we did the outdoor worship at Caesar. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm leading. I'm on the left side of the platform. On the left side of me, all kinds of kids just playing ball and, and just, just not paying attention at all. Everyone up here engaged. All these younger kids are up here just playing and doing their thing, right? But in the midst of all of those kids, there was one yeah. kid like this. They were playing all around him. And he stood like this. My God. And the Lord told me to tell him that that one's set apart. Yep. Wow. See what he's doing now. He's set apart. There was one in the entire crowd that recognized the King of Glory was in that place. Nobody else really recognized him as the one. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Wow. What you're saying is true. Wow. That, that you raise up your kids to know that. They'll understand. Yeah. And they'll they'll recognize when that happens. And there was one right there in that whole group that just yeah. drove right through me. That he, is, he was completely set apart in that moment. It's extremely important. What good is it? Um, well, I'm going I'm to get back to this. But what, what good is it? I've always said this to be in ministry. What good is it if someone's in ministry and they have, they have seen... Hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of souls saved, but the family does not know Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. What good is that? I mean, it's great that your ministry has brought people into the kingdom of God, but what about your family? Yeah. And so I believe that it, for us to see this revival that we have, we, are, we have seen, but we haven't tapped into the fullness of it yet, we've got to understand that concept. All right, let's get back in. So are you all ready? Yes, sir. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. yes. I want there to be some expectation. So, uh, as we get into tonight, um, 
I don't have as much notes as I had uh, last week, but that doesn't mean that we're going to be shorter. Uh, <laughs> um, so I want we're going to be talking about um, anointing versus gifting to start out, and then we're going to end on the anointing order. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write down anointing versus gifting. And if you get a paper towel, just don't pay any attention to it. You'll understand at the end why you're doing it. You're basically going to get an olive too. We're in preschool. We're in preschool. We're in preschool. We're in preschool. We're Y'all are probably wondering what in the world is going on. I promise you. We'll, we'll get there at the end. Jeremy? Can y'all say hi to my good friend Jeremy back here? Hey, hey, Jeremy! Jeremy, Jeremy uh, he got oh, saved and baptized at Revival, so can we just raise our hands? Jeremy has a great call in his life. Yes. Great, great, great call. Uh, so are we ready? Anointing versus gifting. We tapped into a little bit of this about last week, but we're going to hit some more of it today. Can somebody tell me what they think the difference is? I don't need a, 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 a novel. Just in a few short words, what do you think what is the, the difference between anointing and gifting is? Just a few short words. What anointing is breaks yokes, gifts give chills. Gifts give chills, anointing breaks yokes. I don't, right there. I don't think you can get any better than that. But does anybody else have anything? All right. So uh, you've, you've written down anointing versus gifting. And it's funny, I, I, I went ahead and wrote some things down, because if you all remember last week, when I went to write something down, I misspelled it. <laughs> so I thought, maybe if I'll write some before I'm not put on the spot, maybe I'll spell it right. So this is where we're headed. Um, so I want you to write down these two words. Charisma, it's spelled C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A, versus Charisma, C-H-R-I-S-M-A. Charisma versus charisma. You probably get the same thing. No, it's not. Everybody get it? Charisma versus charisma. Charisma is spelled C-H-R-I-S-M-A. Slightly different, but you'll understand it. So uh, in many, in many uh, churches, many people... Um, use the word anointed. Can we agree? The anointing, the word anointing and anointed is a very popular word in the body of Christ. Um, it's used to prefer, uh, or excuse me, it's used to refer to servants of God who are able to minister to others with supernatural power. It may involve preaching, teaching, prophesying, uh, healing the sick, and uh, casting out devils. Such servants of God, I want you to hear this, such servants of God may also be said to be gifted. Someone shall gifted. Gifted. Said to be gifted by the Holy Spirit to minister in such power. There's a definite confusion between gifting and anointing, which has led to the possibility of deception within the church. In Matthew 24, Jesus warns us of this. Matthew 24, I want you to write that down. You don't have to turn there. Matthew 24, Jesus warns us. He says, watch out that nobody deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am a follower of Christ. Some other translations say I am the Christ. 
and will deceive many. And I believe that a lot of this deception in the body of Christ comes between these two things, gifting and anointing. We've got a lot of people that follow the gift, and then on judgment day, the Lord says, depart from me, I never knew you. And he says, and then the, and the people that's facing God says, well, no, 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 no. I, I follow this person, and, and they told me this, and he says, oh, you followed the gift. You didn't know my oil. And so this is where there's deception in the body of Christ, and we're going to nail this tonight and get it taken care of. Are we all right? So we've gotten this down, charisma versus charisma. And so if you has everybody got that down? I'm going to give you a elongated definition, um, and it's not even going to fit here. I just wanted you to give a, a, a visual, so afterwards you're probably going to want to come come to me and get this, but there may be some bits that you, you pull out of this. So a gift, somebody shout gift. Yes. A gift of the Holy Spirit to minister to the body of Christ as taught in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, charisma, this word, the first one, charisma. In the Greek text, in the seventh 17th New Testament verse where the word charisma, same word, is found. It is used to refer to either God's gift, somebody shall give, God's gift of salvation to believers or to a gift given to us by which we can minister God's grace to other people. That's this word. Charisma. This is a gift that God can use to minister to the people. You want to break it down. It is a gift that God has given by which we can minister to people. Now, charisma. Second. You follow me? We getting this? This word is, uh, the word anointing in the New Testament is charisma. This is the second word. In the Greek, this is what it means. A special endowment of the Holy Spirit. So the first one, charisma, it's a gift that God will give to his people to allow them to minister. Charisma is a special endowment of the Holy Ghost. And I don't even have to ask you, but if I were to, which one would you want? One or two. Say, give me, give me the special endowment of the Holy Ghost. You can keep your gift. You can keep your ability to play the guitar, but when I play the guitar, I want demons to leap off of people. You can keep your ability to to play the snare and hit the cymbals, but man, when I play that drum, I want the sick to be healed. That's the difference between the two. The first one, you can play the guitar and be like, man, you've got great capabilities. You didn't mess up. It sounded really good. But then charisma steps in and says, listen, I may have made a few mistakes, but I still broke the yoke. Help me tonight, church. And so this is why we, this is why the church focuses on this, because sometimes the gift will look and sound perfect, but it has no oil. Mm-hmm. 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 I just want to add something um, about what you're talking about, about mistakes. I was prophesied to me a long time ago that when I play through the Spirit, the very mistakes I, I make when I play are the very ones that make the demon free. There you go. And so this is where the deception has come in, and, and to be very honest with you, when I, when I was studying this, it, it got me sick because so many people are spending eternity in hell because they're taught this is right. And we've got churches in this country and all over the world that are chasing this thing. 
but then get on in a meeting and say, why aren't we growing? Why aren't we doing this? Why, why, can't we, why, why can't we do this? And the Lord's saying, you're seeking for a gift. You're seeking for this. If you want growth, you got to seek this thing. And I know we're talking ministry-related, related, but this, this is a daily day thing. I make a joke all the time because I'm not the smartest person in the world, but the anointing is what has got me, got me through things. Yes. I always tell people all the time, the only way I graduated high school was because I was anointed. Huh. And, I, and it's a joke, but I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but God will use a donkey, boy. <laughs> Some of y'all got that. Yep. So uh, the word anointing in the Old Testament, as we said, uh, is this word charisma. In the Greek, it means a special endowment of the Holy Spirit. Although in form, it's very similar to charisma, as the first one, uh, it's very similar, but the word is different in meaning and only found twice in the New Testament. So we're going to talk about some scripture. First passage of scripture we're going to go to is 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. First John chapter 2, verse 20. If three people can read from three different translations, that would be phenomenal. When you read, shout your translation out so everybody else knows you won't read the same thing. First John chapter 2, verse 20. And I mean that you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of truth. Two more. That was NIV. King James Version. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Unction. You had a function in the unction. <laughs> Another translation. So let's go to the next four words. You have an anointing from the Holy One. You don't have an anointing from your pastor. Come on. You don't have an anointing from the evangelist. You don't have an anointing from the prophet that came in town. You don't have an anointing from the apostle that showed up. You don't have an anointing from the teacher. You get an anointing from the Holy One. All right? And so this is this is the issue that I have is when we exalt. I, listen, I honor and I love every leader. I, I think honoring is gives you access to the anointing in, in their life. Honoring is extremely important. However, I will not exalt a person as if they gave me the oil. I will honor, I will serve, I will respect, but I will not forget where my oil came from. And, and we have people, leaders in the body of Christ, and I've seen it myself, we have leaders in the body of Christ that act like they were the one that gave the people under them the oil. And that's a dangerous place to be. And I don't want to be in that place. So I always constantly remind myself 
that my leaders may have given me the opportunity, but God gave me the oil to flow in that opportunity. You understand? 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. 1 John, Isaiah. 1 John 2, 27. King James. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not of any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, that is truth and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Mm. Two more. First John 2.27 I got this one. Uh, MEV. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye not and ye not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Hmm. I want to read it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. highlight some words. So if you've got a Bible out, I want you to highlight these words. Or if you don't have a Bible, but you got a notepad, write down these words. First John two twenty seven. As for you, you. He didn't say as for some people. As for you, that's you and me. The anointing, not the gift, the anointing. There's that word again. You received from him. We get that. Received from him. Remains in you. Not on you, but in you. In you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. That's not coming from a place of arrogance. But you've got the greatest teacher known to man, the Holy Ghost. Amen. But as his anointing, it's not your anointing, it's his anointing on your life. His anointing teaches you about all things. And that anointing is real. Somebody shout, it's real. It's real. My favorite, this translation, um, I chose it because, uh, I don't know if anyone said this, but, but uh, it may happen. This one, this one, I like it. It says, the anointing is real. It's not counterfeit. God does not work in counterfeits. That's the enemy. Just as it has taught you, remain in him. Somebody shout, in him. In him. So we see that in each instance of both of these words, refers to an anointing of believers which teaches us about all things in order for us to know the truth. It clearly does not refer to an anointing on us to minister to others in preaching or in prophecy or in healing with supernatural power. Therefore, gift, this one, the first one, gift and anointing, the second, are different from one another. The former is very uh, definitively something given to believers for ministry to others. Are you following me? So the first one we got the gift, and the second one is the anointing. Now, there's a very gray area, and uh, and I have I've been asked this many of times, not by anybody in this room, but I've, I've been asked this throughout my short short journey. And um, can people that don't have or are not living right operate in an anointing? Here's what I believe. 
God will use anybody in anything to reach his children. He used a donkey. So if there are moments that, let's say, let's say she's not living right, which I know she is because I've heard the word come out of her mouth. So let's say she's not living right, but God's got to get to me, to win me. And God knows that I have a relationship with her. There will be moments he will grace her for a moment. Hear me? Grace her with an anointing for a moment so that God can reach me. But when that moment's done, it's gone. She ain't getting it again. You follow me? And I don't want that. No, 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 no. I don't want to be anointed for a moment. I want to be anointed for a lifetime. Yes. I don't want God to use me just because nobody else is willing to reach that person. No, I want God to use me because whoever's in front of me, I know I've got the anointing to reach their soul and speak to their destiny. Are you following me? So I believe there'll be a moment God may grace somebody with an with with an, a, a smidget, if you will, of anointing, just so they can reach somebody. But it will not be something that's sustained is sustainable because, as we're going to get to, oh, well, I can't go there because that'll uh, that'll be too far ahead, and then I'll. Have to, <laughs> You got you got to save your light switch ones for the right moment. And so, how about the word anointed? There are five New Testament instances of the word anoint. So, Brandon, in its verb form, Cairo in the Greek. So, let's go to uh, Luke chapter four eighteen. We read this last week. Luke four eighteen. Some of you also still have it highlighted from last week, or go back to your notes from last week. Luke four eighteen. King James, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set liberty to them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Two more people. Three different translations. The reason I like to read three different translations is some of y'all are probably thinking this is become monotonous. No, it's not. There's different translations will pull out different words and different words and they hit your spirit. And so uh, I'm never the kind of guy that only one translation saved. By God, if another translation helps you understand what he's trying to speak, then use it. Complete Jewish version. This has come true in the city since Herod and Pontius Pilate were going, and the people of Israel all assembled against your holy servant, Yeshua, who made Messiah. Hmm. Two more. Acts 4.27. King James. 
For of a truth, the holy child Jesus, whom has anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. One more, Acts 4.27. And I'll tell in five, this is happened here in this very city. Yeah. For Herod Antipas Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. Somebody shout, whom you anointed. Whom you anointed. Whom you anointed. Acts 10.38. Not Acts 2.38. Some of y'all are about to shout. <laughs> Acts 10.38. <laughs> Caleb, you felt that one, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Caleb was about to pull his tambourine out of his back pocket. <laughs> 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 to go get some band-aids for you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Acts 10.38. King James. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Acts 10.38, my God. Acts 10.38, two more people. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. One more. Acts So we talked about last week that you're to do greater, all right? So now when I read this scripture, having knowledge that I'm to do greater, this is how I read it. How God has anointed me, Isaac Carpenter, insert your name, with the Holy Spirit and power, and how I'm to go around doing good and healing all that were under the power of the devil, because God is with me. Amen. Now you see how that's turned. Now that you understand you're to do greater, and you've got the same thing that Jesus does. Hebrews 1.9. Sorry uh, for all the scripture, but scripture preaches better than I can. Hebrews 1 9. King James, thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. This, go ahead, I'm so sorry. Amplified, you have loved righteousness, integrity, virtue, uprightness, and purpose, and have hated lawlessness, injustice, and sin. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your companions. Hmm, one more. Maybe, as if I said that one. Nope. Hebrews 1 now. 
have to double check. <laughs> you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. With the oil of gladness. Mine says the oil of joy. And so, I, I'm going to look this way when I say this comment. That way no one thinks I'm looking at them. But how do you proclaim to be filled with the Holy Ghost and don't operate in the oil of gladness? Or the oil of joy? Come on. That's good. How? I don't understand how that. Now I'm not saying your life's going to be petunias and, and pull-ups and be heavenly and, you know, you're going through a, uh, through the uh, this, this empty field and it's just like a movie. I'm not telling you life's going to be like that. If I were to tell you that, I'd be a liar. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be perfect. It's going to be easy. But there's one thing that you should never lose in this life, and that's the spirit of joy. Why? You know where you're going. Yeah. You have nothing to worry about. Now, if I don't know where I'm going, I could understand why I wouldn't be operating in the spirit of joy. You follow me? Let's be a people that if we profess we're endued with power and got the Holy Ghost, that we don't just say it, but we our fruit backs this up. Second Corinthians one twenty one. Second Corinthians one twenty one. Can everybody hear me good? Yes. Here's King James. Now he which is he which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. Alright, go ahead and read twenty two. Go ahead and read twenty two. Who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the spirit of our hearts. Two more, 21 and 22. That's my fault. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us, and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts. As the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. He identified his own by placing the Holy Spirit within us. Let's one more. How is God who makes both both of us and you stand firm in Christ? He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, put his spirit in our hearts, and deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So we get in a clear picture. Yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna have to look out for the Lord. Take him a second. Let's give him a second. So do we all get, are we all following one so far? Yes, sir. Are we all there? Does everybody have these scriptures up? I'm not going to erase them, but I'm going to be walking everywhere, so you may have your best chance to get it now. So let's go down and let's talk about oil for a little bit. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write oil. Oil. Now if you're from the, the, uh, the uh, country of West Virginia, you may say, oh, but uh, I say oil, and uh, some of y'all may not understand what I'm saying, so I'll go oil. Oh. That way, in case some of y'all will understand what I'm saying. Luke probably says oil. <laughs> Caleb definitely says oil. <laughs> so we got it, oil. 
I feel I feel the King of Glory in this room. Amen. My God. Mark 16, verse 1. James. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Two more. Mark 16, 1. Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene married the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go anoint Jesus' body. Now, this word anoint, this is where we get, um, you know, when, when uh, I'm not getting myself. this is when, uh, you know, uh, someone is sick or someone comes to the altar and you rub anointing oil on them. This is what that word anoint is. So they were going to anoint Jesus. Now, when they're saying this, they're not going to anoint him and give him anointing as if he didn't already have it. So I want you to follow me. They were going to anoint him, like anointing oil. So are you, everybody following me? Because many people read this and be like, you mean tell me he wasn't anointed before this moment? Yeah, he was. James chapter 5, verse 14. I want, I want you all from now until Wednesday to, to live and breathe these scriptures. I'm going. 14, right? Yep. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Amen. Whew, two more. And I'll say, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. So let's stretch our hands away right now. Yeah. Stretch our hands away. It was a prophetic gesture that you read that scripture. For those of you all that don't know, you don't need to know the full story because uh, you just don't need to know. As uh, simple as that. But uh, we need to lift up her daughter right now in this moment. All you need to know is that she needs is a touch from Jesus. That's all you need to know. So lift up your voices, church. Father, we call you to the throne room of God. And Father, we rebuke the spirit of infirmity. Father, 2,000 years ago, you nailed all sickness and disease to the cross. So, Father, we thank you that the, 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 the sickness that she's dealing with, we thank you that it's already nailed on that cross. And, Father, we still it to go back and to stay there and to not return up off that cross anymore. Father, we speak the precious, undefeated blood of Jesus over her from the top of her head to the soles and tip of her feet. And we command that the greatest days of her life are ahead. Yes, we thank God, you that she Jesus. will 
Hallelujah. I just heard the Holy Ghost say she's going to preach. I thank you, Father, that you're calling the preacher out of her. I thank you, Father, that her life is a testimony to the grace of Jesus. And, Father, I thank you that you are called her like Esther for such a time as this. In the name of Jesus. And, Father, we hey, God. the curses of the enemy. Father, we reverse the curse of the adversary. Yes, God, in the name of Jesus. the greatest days of her life are ahead. And we thank you that she will fulfill the call that you have for her. Yes, God. We thank you that she will see, hallelujah, every bit of destiny, every bit of purpose, every bit yes, of call, God. she will see it fulfilled. Yes, Father, Lord. we thank you that she shall live and not die. I need you to raise your voice. She hallelujah. Yes, God, and I say, yes, God, she shall live, she shall live and not die, God. And declare your word in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we let us In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It does us no good if we read scripture and don't activate it. So let's get one more. James 5 14. How dare we talk about the oil or not? In part. James 5 14. generation by teaching them that this is more important than this mm. and because of that we've got a generation that is like a magnet to a gift but then when the anointing comes in a room they don't know what it is so they don't want to you missed it we teach a generation that this is the most important so they automatically cling to that and then when the anointing comes in the room since they're foreign of that and don't recognize it they're not going to go to it Because of this, we have people on platforms, we've got people in nurseries, we've got people holding doors, we've got people on security, we've got people in ushers. And hear me, I'm not I'm not naming a church, I'm talking about the body. So don't leave this room saying he's he's right. speaking. No, let's be mature in the house. So what we do is we raise up people seeking this. And see here's 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 why we have produced that. Because you can only impart what you carry. So if you only carry a gift and no oil, my friend, can I tell you that you cannot deposit oil? And so this is why we've got people clinging. Hear me. Familiar spirits don't just operate in bad. They also operate in good. So a a gift will attract a gift a hundred times. But the oil will attract the oil. Amen. When there is a raw, authentic oil in a room, it is very attractive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There have been rooms that I've been in and I've seen the anointing operate in a person and I just want to move to get closer to them. Yeah. 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 I may not know them, but when the anointing is on Ansel, if I'm over there, I'm going to do whatever I can. Not to not to touch him, not to distract him, but I just want to get close. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This is why, help me church, I'm getting ahead of myself. This is why it is so important to teach this. To teach this, to teach your kids, to teach your family. Yeah. A gift is not enough. 
I love the fact that you can play the guitar so well. I love the fact. But when it comes to a point when there is a devil face to face in your bedroom, you can't rely on the gift to tell that spirit where to go. Come on. You can't rely on that. Hear me tonight. And this is why some of us, we, we, we'll, we'll stare at these the, uh, uh, infirmities. We'll stare at suicide. And, and, and we'll try to tell it where to go. And the mountain won't move. Why? Because there's no oil. No oil. No oil. And so we've taught a generation that as long as your hands are being used, you're good. My Lord. That's what we've taught a generation. And I refuse to be a people that raises up people that understand gifts but have no knowledge of what the oil looks like. I refuse to be of that. And I may be the only one, but that's all right. I'll trailblaze this thing and I'll preach to the wall. And there may be one person behind me that understands that the oil's what's going to keep me. The oil's what's going to sustain me. And in order to see my purpose be walked out in earth, I've got to have the oil. I've got to have the oil. You will die, the generation behind you, your children will die. Yes, you heard it. If all you operate is in gift and you teach them no oil. Yes. Mm. You've got to hear, heaven is sounding an alarm. Yeah. Heaven is sounding an alarm and he's speaking to his church and saying, if you keep operating in gift, thousands will never know. But if you choose to step into this oil, thousands will never know the pits of hell. You've got to grasp this. I'm telling you, this is life and death. We've got people spending eternity in hell because all they've been taught is the gift is enough. Wake up, church. Wake up. The gift won't break the yoke. You will be embarrassed, I promise you, if the devil shows up at your door and you tell it where to go and just have a gift. It will look at you and tell you you're funny. And you're going to be embarrassed. You will be embarrassed, I promise you. You will be, I promise. And so we've got people on platforms that think the gift is enough. And the oil of Jesus comes in a room and they're... Come on. Wake up, church. Come on. Wake up. Wake up. I suggest to go farther. If you go up against the devil with a gift and not the oil, you will be defeated. Every time. Embarrassment will be the least of your problems. Wake up. So we've taught a generation that if your hands are busy, you're good. But you never told them where their hearts are. And so we got a generation on Judgment Day yeah. with their hands like, yeah. you don't understand, I, I played the guitar for 30 years. I changed diapers for 30 years. That's great. You knew the baby's diaper, but you didn't know me. <laughs> you knew those keys on that guitar or the, or the keys on the piano, and you knew the strings on the guitar. You didn't know me, though. And there's going to be people, I, I hear it as a prophetic gesture, there's going to be people that are going to go on Judgment Day excited, ready, thinking they're going to spend eternity in heaven, but nope, depart from me. Jesus. For I never knew. And this is where we've got to hone in. I think church should be fun. I think you should have a good time at church. But if fun and having a good time replaces the oil, then get it out of here. Go somewhere else. Get out of town. I want the oil of the Lord. Jesus, come 
Are you hearing me tonight? Yes. So I'm, I want to be a part of this thing that turns this thing around. I want to be a part of this movement that says, listen, I loved your gift, but your gift needs crushed. Why? Because oil, is, the gift becomes anointed after it's crushed. Yeah. <clears throat> Gifting and talent, great. Let God crush it and humble you and watch oil yeah. come out. Yes, sir. Jesus. I can imagine when they called David to the palace and they told him to play his harp. And you know the story of the devil, the demons were casted out. He also, he had a gift and an anointing. This was not the first time he picked up a harp. Hear me. So he, he, had, he had talent, he had a gift, but he also had oil. And if he would have just played this harp without oil, the devil would have just stayed right there. But because there was oil attached to the gift, it didn't have a choice. It had to go. Notice that every time, or let's look at this story. Notice that in this story, when the devil flees, the devil didn't look at them and say, do I really need to go or I cannot stay? No, no, no. It just left. It just went. It's just gone. That's what the oil will do. Or except for one who had no anointing, he tried to cast out. In yep. the name of Jesus, yes. Paul preached. Yep. Yep. Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know. Who are you? Who are you? you? Yep, sir. Who are you? And that leads us to a whole other point because you, oh, help me. You just took me somewhere else. <laughs> that, that takes us to a whole other point because you're not anointed because you serve oil. Yeah. You're not anointed yeah. because you just chase someone with anointing. Yes. No, no, no. For the story he just shared, Paul I know, but who are you? Well, you don't understand. I serve Paul. I serve Paul's oil. No, no, that's great. I, I'm glad that you served his oil. You helped him get to a place, but you never had your own. And here's another place we're living. Here's another place we're living. In this area of thinking that I don't need my own as long as I'm connected to somebody that's got it. No. When you're on Judgment Day, he won't say, you know what, because you served Pastor Chuck and because you were close to Pastor Matt and you served their oil, here, here's your, here's your way. No, no, no. Do you have oil by yourself? Do you have oil by your big, bad self? Do you have it? Or do you have to be in a room full of people to fill the oil? No, no, no. Can you fill the oil all by yourself when the devil's knocking on your house, literally, or he's in your home? Can you call upon the throne room of God and tell that thing where to go? Or do you need to call 75 people to get to your house and do an oil? Get your own oil. Get it yourself. Don't live life off the oil of somebody else, following them to eternity, expecting to walk into the gate. Get oil yourself. Get it yourself. Absolutely. And my desire to give Jesus to other people, that's where the anointing comes from. Absolutely. From him, because it's just, we just read it. God absolutely. is the anointing. If I don't know God, yeah. I don't have anything to give. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Once, sure. No, you're good. When, when you're born again, there should be a natural desire to serve within you. If there's not a natural desire to serve within you, I question whether you've been born again. Because Jesus said, I came to what? 
serve. to serve, not to be served. So if you have that king living within you, how can you have issues with serving? You shouldn't be told, you need to go serve. You need to go do this. You you need to go. No, 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 no. You are a servant at the core. So I'm, I'm thankful that, that you that you mentioned that. Yes. Servants, servants get double. Let me just tell you that. Servants get double. So that was a big rabbit trail to get to this seven, but let's get it. <laughs> These are, uh, are uh, when I was doing some research um, on olive oil, there were seven steps that needed to be made to create olive oil. And I will preach on every one of them. Yeah. And uh, when I tell you, <clears throat> I need you from now to the rest of class to hear me from the Spirit. Because <clears throat> all seven of these are natural things that they do to an olive to create olive oil. However, when you hear me in the Spirit, some of you may end up on the floor. And as I go over all seven of these, on what that they do in the natural, I'm going to break it down and tell you how this goes to your life in the spiritual. Are you following me? So these are the seven steps or seven things that need to be done, as you would say, to get uh, uh, from an olive to olive oil. And for those of you that have an olive on your table, just hang with me. We'll get there. Are you ready? Whew. Once again, this is going to be a, a lot. So if you need it, just come see me afterwards. The first one, process of olive harvesting. Jesus. Process of olive harvesting. I told you you could preach on these just by reading this. Now I'm going to break each one of these down and tell you. I'm not just going to tell you what the step is, but I'm going to tell you what occurs during this step. And each one of these is going to be a lot, so just don't even try to write it down because you're going to miss, you're going to miss it. Uh, so just, just tell me. Let's see here. During the harvest, the olives are separated according to their verity and quality, variety and quality, and are transported to the olive oil mill in suitable containers to avoid being ruined. Mm. It is essential that this process be carried out in a minimum period of 24 hours since they were collected. Number two, grind the olives so that they are clean. so that they are clean. Once in the mill, oh, help me, Jesus. Once these olives are in the mill, the branches and leaves of the olives are removed, usually by blowing air. Next, it is recommended to wash the olives with water before being weighed and transported to the storage hoppers. Finally, the fruit is ground or crushed, all of grinding, that's where you get that from, must be ground the same day of collection within 24 hours to prevent them to be ruined. Number three, process of crushing the olives. Mm. Jesus, help me. 
I warned you. Crushing the olives. In this step, this is what happens. To carry out this process formally uses millstones. If I were to show you a picture, it's literally a big stone on top of a big stone. They put the olives and they would just turn this thing and press the olives. Uh, currently, this process can be done with a hammer crusher. Uh, the goal is to break down, here it is. The goal is to break down plant tissues and release oil. Oh, help me, Jesus. And it goes from this oil to a paste. This paste goes to the shake phase, which must be carried out for at least one hour at a specific temperature between 24 and 27 degrees. The reason it's put at this temperature is so that the oil can be separated from the rest. <clears throat> it is very important to keep this temperature constant to guarantee a cold extraction process of the oil. So it has to be kept between 24 and 27 degrees. If it's 23 or 28, it can ruin. Can I tell you that environments are everything? Hear me, church. Number four, press the olive to extract oil juice. My handwriting gets worse the longer I write. So when we get to seven, it's probably going to be like Chinese or something. <laughs> Press the olive to extract the oil juice. This is going to be a lot, but uh, everybody gets lost here, four, five, six, and seven, so bear with me. When I say lost, this is a, because these seven, these seven steps are steps in order for you to get, these are steps that have to happen in order for you to get the anointing on your life. And everybody can get through three, but when it gets to four, five, six, and seven, this is where we quit. In order to extract the juice from the olive, a strong mechanical pressure whoo, must be exerted. Oh, don't Jesus. A strong mechanical pressure must be exerted as a pressure from man is not enough to extract the oil. Oh, help me, Jesus. In this system, First, the separation of the solid phase is made, and then the separation of liquid phases and is carried out. Oil. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot, so I'm picking choosing what I want to Number five, decanting olive oil. getting this. I promise you to preach in a little bit. <clears throat> Decanting is a natural process by which, thanks to the dense, density difference of olive oil, water, water, and solids still present need to be separated. Currently, the most widely used system uh, is called the two-phase centrifuge. The resulting oil is usually accompanied oh, hear me, watch this, a small percentage of solid and liquid impurities, hear this. So it has to be subjected to a final cleaning and purification process. My Lord. Oh, number six. Quality control of olive oil. Are we getting this? 
Number six, quality control of all oil. This is good. You ready? It is at this moment when a qualified personnel, not just anybody, a qualified personnel must perform a sampling to evaluate the quality of the oil. Once the, batch, once the quality of the batch of the oil has been quantified, it is transferred to a corresponding container, which has previously been differentiated in order of by quality. Number seven, olive oil packaging. What, is, what does packaging do? Packaging machines work continuously and have variable volume dosing systems depending on the packaging that is to be used. Uh, as for the packaging, the most uh, the types and formats of the containers vary depending on the category of the oil to be packaged. So, depending the category of the oil, oil depends on how it's packaged. For the higher categories, it is required that they are uh, non-deformable um, and that they add value to their content, contents. All right, so you follow me. Now I'm going to break down these and how it relates to us. Here's where some of our toes may get stepped on. Number one, all of harvesting. Once again, this is the logic. It's probably not. There is a separation that has to begin, that has to happen in order to receive the anointing. That's what's happening in number one. A separation in everything. A separation in family. Separation in friends. I said family because sometimes family can hold you back. Family, friends, separation in music, separation in where you go. Separation in everything. Olives have to be separated within 24 hours of them being collected. Can I tell you that the longer you wait, the harder it is to be separated. Come on, come on. The sooner you separate, the easier that it will become uh, to step into this fresh anointing. You cannot enter into a season while operating in old habits. There has to be a, a separation. Number two, <clears throat> grind the olives so that they are clean. This is the one that may have to pull your tambourine <laughs> Before the olives can be ground, they have to be pruned. They've got to be trimmed. And the same goes for you. Before you can receive the anointing that God has for you, there has to be a pruning. There has to be a trimming. You have to allow God to cut off everything that is holding you back and everything that's dead. Then, the olives have to be washed. The olives have to be baptized. <laughs> Number three, crushing the olives. This is, this, is, this is where it gets hard for people. This is where the olives begin to be crushed. This is the step where you begin to be crushed. The goal of crushing the olive is to break down all of the tissues and to release the oil. See, you thought the crushing that you've been going through was from the enemy. 
God put the cross on you so he can get everything that is unlike him out of you and so that he can get the oil pulled from you. Can I say something? Go ahead. Can you believe before you started all of this, when you were standing up here, the Holy Spirit gave me, are you willing to go through the crushing for your anointing? Wow. She said, are you willing before to go you through? E before you even started any of that. Wow. And I, I actually forgot to mention my title, but it's, uh, are you, I, I'm lost, I'm lost. I'm done, I'm done. The title is, uh, are you willing to do whatever it takes? That's the title wow. Didn't even get there. This is where the olives begin to be crushed. The goal of crushing is to break down the tissues and release the oil. This is when it's put in a temperature between 24 to 27 degrees so that the oil can be separated from the rest. It has to be put, hear me tonight, church. It has to be put in an environment that can help it grow. Yes. Mm. That can make sure that everything that could ruin the oil is separated. Mm. Environments are everything. Environments can even take you to your destiny or they can hold you hostage. You choose. My God. Environments are important. Environments are important. Number four. Dress. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you, you two something? When I was preparing this message, the Lord told me that this message was for you. That's why you all have an olive. I gave you one olive to represent you both. We're going to get to that. Number four, press the olive to extract the oil juice. In order to extract the juice from the olives, a strong mechanical pressure. Remember, we said a strong mechanical pressure, and this cannot be done from the pressure of man because it's too much. It is a pressure with more force than any man could put on the olive. And some of you are like, man, this pressure that I feel right now, like, I can't even put it into words. It's pressure more than man. God is pressing. He's shaking. He's pushing you. I'm getting ahead of myself. You've yeah. got to be willing to go through some pressure, pressure that God has put you in, but also pressure that God can pull you out of. Yeah. Yeah. My God. <clears throat> Number five. Mm. Uh, you feel the oil in here? Number five, decanting olive oil. So what this space does is if they have a, a can of, uh, I'm trying to give you an illustration. They have a can of the oil they've extracted. They'll put two hoses in it that go out like this and go into two basically bottles. And what it does is a centrifuge to make sure that there's nothing left. To make sure that all that's left in this container is oil. Uh so this is the, a final cleaning or purification process. After everything you have to go through, you've got to go through one more phase of cleansing, one more phase of purification. Can I tell you, you've got to be thrown into the fire. My yes. Lord. This is that part. This is the part where you've gone through a lot of pressure, you've gone through a lot of squeezing, but it's those little foxes. Yeah. So God's got to say, i got to throw you in the fire so I can burn up everything that is unlike me, but also so I can set you on a fire. This is, this is that process. This is that process to make sure that all of those little foxes are gone in the fire. Number six, <clears throat> quality control of olive oil. 
It is at this moment when the qualified personnel, remember qualified personnel, not just anyone needs to have access to your oil. Hear me, church. Notice the word qualified, 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 qualified. At this stage, if the oil doesn't pass the test, you have to begin the process all over again. So you can get all the way to six and think you've got this thing riding. You think you could, you're full in Jesus. You've got this little foxes. And he says, watch me. I want to take you all the way back to number one. And you're going to do this thing all over again. This is the process. This is that process. And if it doesn't get right here, we've got to take the, we've got to take it all the way back to one and begin the whole thing all over again. And this is where some of you feel. You're like, man, I was at number six. I have felt glimpses of his anointing, and God is saying, I need all of you. If you want to get to seven to where I seal this thing, I need all of you. And because you're not willing to give me all of you, you're going to spend a life of cycle of one through six, one through six, one through six, one through six. six. He's saying, at six is where you give me everything, baby. Mm. And if you can't give me everything here, you're never going to know what seven looks like. How many people get to the second to last stage and think they got this thing wrapped up, they got this thing ready, and God's like, nope, that one thing, I see it right here. That bitterness that's been hidden in the closet, that unresentment, that hatred, that anger, that lust, I see it right there in that closet. And because you can't give me it, in six, get familiar with one through five, because you ain't never leaving that. Excuse me, number seven. Olive oil packaging. See, this is the stage where the olives are put into a glass uh, or they're putting into a tin can. This is the stage where there is a covering over the oil. Mm. <laughs> See, don't get, don't ever get anointed and then not have a covering. Yes, Coverings are extremely important. Yes. Protect the oil and guard the oil in your life. Not everybody should have access to it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. The enemy will send you leeches. And then their only mind, their only plan, their only purpose is to suck the oil from them. And they will look wrapped up. They will look great. They will look like they're of God. But all they want is, what can you give me? Jesus. What can you give me? And you think you're doing the gospel by giving it to them, but they're not doing anything with it. They're just leeching. They're just leeches. Be careful who you give access to the oil in your life. Be careful. I want you to, this is, this is the covering process. This is the one of the most important most important pieces because just as quick as you got to seven you can just get all the way to one just as quick because with no covering think of a house if I don't have a roof on my house everything inside the house is ruined I don't care how much technology I got in the house how much money I got in the house how much furniture I got in the house if I have no covering it's all gone in an instant have a covering over the oil have someone that will cover you. Yes. Have someone that will go to war for you. Right. Have a covering. Amen. Somebody shout, have a covering. Have, have a, a covering. covering. Have a covering. <clears throat> Can I say something, please? Yep. The Holy Spirit was showing me that it's through the process <clears throat> of all of this that if people do not trust and rely on God, 
for what he's doing in their life, a lot of people are bitter going That's through so the process of all of this, which is why a lot of people end up starting over because they don't allow God to do what he needs to do in their life. And they get stuck. They never get beyond a certain point. Did you hear what she said? She said that there's a lot of people that get stuck one through six and then they become bitter at God. God, I bought all the way to six. Why can't you get me to seven? He's like, that's why. That's why. You just told me why. All right, give me the old. That olive, every one of you that's got an olive. I didn't want to give an olive to every single person, otherwise we'd be here all night. So if you've got an olive, I want you to look at that. But if you don't have an olive, I want you to picture that this olive represents who you are. Represents This olive represents Ansel. Amen. And see, Ansel wants the anointing on his life. Amen. Do you, don't you, Ansel? Amen. But God said, I got to, I got to, I got to. I gotta have some people talk bad about you. I said, I gotta have some people talk bad about you. I gotta have some people leave your life. I gotta have the people that thought you were they were your best friends that are gonna backstab you. I gotta have people overlook you. And the whole time he's saying, God, what are you doing? And the Lord's saying, I'm just crushing you, son. Uh -oh. mm. But notice, there's not really much oil right here. There's just a little bit down here in the very corner. You can only carry a level of mourning by yourself. Now, here. Now, if you notice, there's just a little bit more oil there. of wondering, God, I've served you day in and day out. When are you going to promote me? Have you not seen what I've done in the darkness? Have you not seen what the things that I've done that nobody else has recognized? 
people, people that haven't done half of what I've done are getting promoted, and where's mine? You brought this person into my life, I thought, and they left. They backstabbed me. Hold on, daughter. There's a fresh oil coming to you. Jeremy. crush you to this point. Your pastor can only crush yes. you to this point. Amen. Your leaders can only crush you to this point. Amen. But if you want to be crushed to liquid, yes. you got to let something stronger than the hand of man do that. I said, you've got to let something stronger than the hand of man crush you. Something that nobody in this room can do. Something that nobody in this house can do. Nobody can do what God has to do to crush to get the oil out of you. God's saying, what are you willing to go through? Are you really willing to do whatever it takes? And some of us have said with our mind and with our mouth, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And then he comes with this. Hold on. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I can get to the harvesting. I can even let you grind me a little bit. I can even be crushed a little bit. But when it comes to the pressing, that's where I'm done. And he's saying, if you want to go to where I've called you to go, you've got to let me do this to you. Are you willing to let him do it? Are you willing to say this enough? Yeah. Give me this. Yes. Amen. Give me the oil of the Holy Ghost. Jesus. You can take my home. You can take my car. You can take my friends. You can take my family. You can take my money. I want the oil. Because if I got the oil, I can give it all back. Yeah. But if all I got is a gift, when it's taken away, I have nothing to stand on. Are you willing to do whatever it takes? I said, are you willing to do whatever it takes? The crushing's coming. You haven't already experienced it. It's the moment of time. But God has got to crush you. He's got to put the press on you. He's got to shake you up. And make sure that there's nothing else but Him for you to stand on. And some of us, that's our issue. You can take the home. I still got money. I can get me one. 
you can take the car. My credit's good enough, I can get me another one. But what happens when he takes your credit? What happens when he takes your money? What else you got to stand on? Are you willing to be crushed, maybe even thrown on the ground? Are you willing to go through that? Are you willing to be kicked to the curb? Are you willing to be betrayed, to be stepped on, to make fun of? Who wants to mess with this? Some of you all heard that. You're just a mess. You're just a mess. Why would I? Why would I want to? Why would I want to be a part of that? Yeah, you've been crushed, but on the other side of crushing. Yeah. I said on the other side of crushing. On the other side of pressing. On the other side of being stepped on. On the other side of being shaken. On the other side of being betrayed is something that you can never get on your own. And you, Melena, are walking in that right now. Hallelujah. During worship, I heard the Spirit of the Lord tell me, Hallelujah. He's saying, tell Melena that the oil that she has experienced until this point is nothing compared to what I'm going to put on your family. Yeah. There is a, a household anointing coming to your house. It's not just going to rest on you. It's not just going to rest on Jason. It's going to rest on your entire family. Why? Because you've survived the crushing. You've survived the pressing. You've survived the shaking. And the windows of heaven are saying, daughter, son, family, since you survived this, here we go. You're going to go on a slip and slide of oil. Yeah, some of you all are really getting this. Are you willing to be crushed? I want you to think about it. Because everybody wants the oil, but nobody wants this guy. Everybody wants up here, nobody wants that. See, we, we, hear, we, we look up here and see people like myself or people that administer, and we think, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, trust me, I do. Jesus. I wasn't even supposed to be born. I had Crohn's disease five years ago. A disease that's incurable. I don't have it now. But this was this. Are you willing to be crushed for this thing? See, I had a decision to make when I was being crushed. Yes. I had a decision. Is my faith going to be in the man that's crushing me? Or is it going to be in something else? And I said, God, if this is you crushing me, I'm willing to endure this thing. Yeah. And look, are you willing to survive the crushing? Are you willing to make it all the way to seven? Yes. Or are you going to give up at six? Are you going to give up at five? Are you going to say, you know what? Somebody else left me at four. I can't, I can't go any farther. Can you get to this? Are you willing to do what it takes? I want you to write that down. Are you willing to do what it takes? Are you willing to do what it takes? Some of you are thinking, you don't understand. I've, a, I've been crushed and pressed so many times, I've lost my value. 
if I gave you a $20 bill right now, would you take it? If I handed out your $20 bill, would you take it? If I said, here, this is yours. Absolutely, you're going to take it. Now, what if I, what if before I grabbed it to you, I crumbled it up, I put it on the ground, stomped on it, threw it on the trash, talked bad about it, and handed it to you, would you still take it? Why? Because it still has its value. No matter how many times you've been pressed, no matter how many times you've been crushed, no matter how many times you've been shaken, you still have value. Hear me, son. Hear me, God. Don't let the enemy tell you, I've been stuck on for so long. You don't understand. I have no value to this house. I have no value to my family. I have no value to this church. No. You can be stomped on. Yeah. You can be ridiculed, mocked, bruised, spat on, but you still carry value. You're still a son and you're still a daughter. Yes. Bow your heads all over the room. Bow your heads all over the room. tapped into before. God, I unlock the prophetic in this room. I hear you, Holy Ghost. I unlock the prophetic in this room. I unlock prophetic words. I unlock prophetic visions. I unlock prophetic dreams. I hear you, Holy Ghost. I unlock mantles that have been in, uh, that have not been tapped into. 
I hear you, Holy Ghost. Every mantle in this room that's been dispatched, whether it was through impartation, whether it was through being around, or whether you have the desire to walk in it, I unlock every single mantle right now in the name of Jesus. Mantle, we command you to wake up. Mantle, we call you to the forefront. Father, I like the spirit of prophecy. Father, may the spirit of discernment rest upon your people. That we know what's right and we know what's not. Father, I unlock the gift of healing in this room. I unlock the gift of healing in this room. One of my old professors in Bible college used to say this. If you wanted it in the air, just reach out and grab it. So anything that's being called out that's in the atmosphere, you reach out and grab it. Yes, yes. Ah. I hear the Lord saying, this is going to be a journey. Son, this is going to be a journey. Daughter, this is going to be a journey. This ain't going to be easy. This ain't going to be easy, son. You think it was hard to this point? Daughter, this isn't going to be easy. But I need to know, are you willing to run with me? Are you willing to be crushed? Are you willing to be bruised? Are you willing to be pressed? Are you willing to be shaken for this thing? The anointing does not come to just anyone. It comes to those that are willing to go through this seven steps. moment I need you to give voice and just tell him in your own way. It doesn't have to be shouting. I need you to tell him that you're willing to go on this journey and I need you to be authentic with this king. I don't need you saying it just because I'm asking you to say it. I don't need you to say it because your friend's saying it. I need you to say it because your children, your children's children, this next generation, this city, this church, this state, this country is relying on whether you're willing to be pushed, whether you're willing to be crushed. can't do this thing on your own. I hear some of you saying, I can do this on my own, on my own life. No, not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit of the Lord is the only way you can accomplish this. Come on, I need you to get a voice right here in this moment. I need your flesh to hear your spirit say how serious you are. Come on. Some of you all were talking negatively about everything else out of that same mouth. Come on. Come on, speak to your flesh right now and tell your flesh, no matter how you feel or no matter what you want to do, I'm willing to run with this king. You are spirit women and spirit men first. You tell your flesh what to do. Your flesh does not tell you what to do. The enemy comes in like a flood. He's saying, I'm going to raise up a standard within you. I'm going to make you the standard if you're willing to run with it. I'm willing to make you the example if you'll run with it. 
say, some of you all are going to be surrounded by angels. Literally, you're going to see it from this day forward. You're going to see angels in your home. You're going to begin to see angels in your car. You're going to begin to see angels at your workplace. There is a unique angelic host that's surrounding, surrounding those that are willing to go with this. Jesus. <laughs> Out of your belly shall flow rivers 